Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. High fly off the bat of Shohei. Back near the wall, Duran. It's gone. Shohei to the opposite field. Apple tacos for everyone. Last night, the Angels hit a couple out to the opposite field. Tonight, two more. And it's Otani with his 12. We're back with more Hit and Run with host Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Filling in for Matt Spiegel today on The Score. Hit and Run, he will be doing the pre and post for the Chicago Cubs as well as the fifth inning. Uh, that game kicks off at 1.20 p.m. right here on 670. Uh, pre-game starting at 12.45. Make sure you guys are here uh, for that one. And you heard the call. And I got to be honest, I'm hungry at 10 o'clock, and Apple tacos sound awesome. Joining us right now on the Circuit Resort Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the voice of the Los Angeles Angels, also does Apple TV, uh, Friday Night Baseball. Uh, he's our guy, our Chicagoan, Wayne Randazza. Wayne, what's going on? Hey, Gabe, how are you? Good to talk to you again. What's it been like? I mean, I know, you know, you, you went over from the Mets to go call the Angels, and you know, I was telling somebody, uh, they were, they were, I was literally just talking with them, and they're like, oh, I got tickets to the Sox game on Monday. You want to go? I was like, dude, you know who's going to be here on Monday? You know, he was a ca- casual guy, just got came across some tickets. I'm like, Otani and Trout are going to be like, are you kidding me? And you get to see it every single day. What's, what's that been like for you this year? That's, I mean, it's, it's fun to watch. I mean, these two guys are, are certainly incredible, all-time, you know, talented players. So there's certainly a unique factor of, of seeing these guys play every day and, and really getting to absorb their greatness. And, you know, they're different. You know, Mike is, is someone who is just consistently great every day. You know, he's always taking good at bats, you know, even a lot of times, a lot of times his outs will be hit right on the nose. There will be a line drive that just doesn't get enough carry or enough elevation. And it's, it's just a line drive out it happens to Mike a lot. Um, but his at-bats are always really good. You'll never see Mike wasting at-bat. You'll never see him. I mean, he pretty much makes hard contact, whether it's a foul ball or an out. Almost every time he hits the ball, comes off his bat really strongly. I mean, he'll, he'll never top a ground ball, you know, then roll one over to the, to the left side and, and, and make an easy out. You know, if he makes a ground ball out, he still hits that hard, too. Yeah, he's, he's really something to watch in his regular at-bats. And Shohei, there's – the, the, the two-way monstrosity to it you know he's just uh what he what he does in between starts while you know think about any great starting pitcher let alone the ones who are just okay 
Think about what any great starting pitcher is doing in, in the days between starts. This guy's batting third in a major league lineup every day between starts. You know, there's not time off. He pitched six innings last night. He had 10 strikeouts. Odds are he's going to be in the lineup today. So it's it's really unbelievable to see what he can do on a baseball field. It, it is. And, I mean, obviously something that, you know, we as a generation has never, have never seen before. So it really is just exciting and must-see uh, TV when he's uh, in, in the lineup as, as is Trout. But there's some other guys that are on the, on your squad that are really making a name for themselves and and really surprising some people. Who who would you be able to point to? I mean, I know I know like me, I like Geo. I'm I'm a big fan of his. I love watching him play. Uh, who who are some other guys on the squad, um, uh, Wayne, that you you know enjoy watching on a day to day basis? Yeah, Urshela has been really good. I mean, he's, he's he makes a lot of contact. He's uh, he's had like seven hits over the last two days. I mean, he's just someone that is really consistent, plays very strong defense, and he's a good player to have around. Uh, you know, I think one of the guys that's really stood out for the Angels this year is their rookie shortstop. Zach Neto has been very good. He's really helped clean up their, their infield defense, although the Angels had a tough loss last night, largely due to some defensive lapses late in the game. But they, they've really limited those since Neto has come over from Double A. He only, he only played 44 games in the minors. He was a first-round pick last year. And now he's an everyday shortstop in the major leagues. He can hold his own offensively. I'm sure he'll hit more and more as time goes on. But right now, a very good defender and a pretty good hitter and a guy that I think is going to continue to grow. You know, Hunter Renfro's had a good year. He's hit some home runs. Brandon Drury's a nice player to have. Uh, You know, they've just kind of rounded out the roster a little more deeply. You're not going to see Anthony Rendon this week. Um, You know, Rendon hasn't hit for much power this year. But he still takes great at bats. He still knows what he's doing. Has a very high on base percentage, and you know the Angels are hoping the power will come. You know once he's off the IL, and you know I think the Angels are are, are trying to figure out how to get the most out of their roster. They've they've just promoted two uh, pitchers from Double A that both throw really hard, including Ben Joyce, who who could make his major league debut. Uh, at guaranteed rate field tomorrow. He he might make it today. He's going to be on the roster today. But Joyce is that kid from University of Tennessee that throws 105 miles an hour. And uh, they just called him up after last night's game. So uh, we'll see. The Angels are they have some youth and they, they have some veterans and, and they're trying to, to put together a full season here where they're in the mix. We're talking to Wayne Randazzo here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run. Uh, Wayne, when you when you're looking at this Angels team, I mean, obviously, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, we want to see Trout in the playoffs. We want to see Trout in the playoffs." And you know, you guys are sitting above 500 right now. But what what are the expectations internally for this squad? Is it to to overtake Houston in the West, or or is it to you know be be content with a even a wild card spot to to get to the show? Well, I think that anybody should be content with a wild card spot at this point. You know, the way the playoffs are designed. And the way the season is designed, there there shouldn't be a lack of contentment for a wild card spot because a wild card spot gets you in, and getting in is the only thing that's important right now. You know that's that's all you need. They're structured in such a way that you know having a division championship is not any sort. In some cases, it's no sort of of of, of way in or way beyond. You know, you do in some cases two of the three division champions get that berth into the division series straight in but then you're kind of sitting around for a week which is not usually a good thing in baseball we saw some teams struggle with that last year 
and I would imagine those struggles will continue this year too. So wild cards have every bit as good of a chance to win everything as a division champion does. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the way it should be, but it's the way it is. So uh, if the Angels get in as a wild card, they'll be thrilled. It'll be their first playoff appearance in nine years. It'll be Trout's second ever. It'll be Otani's first, and uh, that's that's the goal. Find a way in. doesn't have to be as a division champion. You just have to get in, and uh, I think they're good enough to do it. They have to play more consistent. They have to clean up their mistakes, and if they do that, I think they have enough talent to be in the mix. Yeah, it seems like they're you know three games above five hundred, but you know you look at their home record. They're 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 three games over at home. They're right at five hundred on the road. Uh, when you're looking at the run differential, it's right there. They scored two fifty nine. They've they've allowed two fifty. So I mean, you're right. I think if you can clean up some of those things and get a bit more consistent, because Major League Baseball is a better place when a team like the Angels are in the playoffs. And and I think that you know everyone would want to see them there, except for the, the opponent, whoever that might be. I don't think they'd want to see the Angels on the other side of that. But if, if they do miss the playoffs, Wayne, um, do you think that it'd be more likely that a Notani departure would be likely? Or, or do you think the Angels are going to try everything they can to keep him there? Well, I do think it depends what that looks like. It, you know, if, if they're a team that just completely falls off and um, they end up not even being in contention at the end, and then, yeah, I think Shohei does leave. I think he wants to be uh, with, a, with a winning team. I think he wants to see some evidence that the Angels will be one. So uh, I think that they're doing everything they can right now to, to be a, a contending team. And if they can remain so and stay in it to the end, even if they don't get in, I think that could be enough to sway Shohei that, that there is something here and that they're building it and, and that he's part of that and that they uh, have a chance to be a, a playoff team every single year in his whatever long contract he signs. So I do think it's a pivotal year for that. I don't think he stays if they're going to be an 85-90 loss team and just out of it and, and playing meaningless games in September. But I don't know that they need to get in. Like if, if they fall a game or two short, I don't know that that will be the, the difference maker at the end of the day. So I guess it depends on how that looks. I don't think the Angels are maybe uh, the favorite to, to keep Shohei, but I, I do think they're, they'll certainly have a chance to. And, you know, he's a, he's is somewhat mercurial in this way. You don't really know where he's going to go and what factors will play in. You know, if you, if you listen to the word on the street, there's all sorts of different factors that could play in. He doesn't want this. He doesn't like cold weather. He doesn't want to be, uh, you know, doing all sorts of interviews and in front of the camera all the time. You know, there's, there's something different. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, you know, you know what's a good place for him, except, except the cold weather will come into play, is the Cubs. I think the Cubs are actually a pretty good place for Shohei. Uh-huh. Wayne, and, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. You just literally, everybody yeah. that's listening right now is just like, that's all they were waiting for, and now you just yeah. you, you gave it to them right there. It's <laughs> a good place because I think they'll spend money. And, I, you know, there's a certain cachet with the, with the Cubs organization, but it's not over the top. The, the only thing I think that would be a strike against them is that it's, it's cold. And we're usually cold. It hasn't really been that cold in Chicago this, this season. And they'll, want usually them on, it is. and they'll want them on camera a lot. <laughs> a lot of interviews. Yeah. They want all that. I, I, mean, I don't know if they will. I mean, you know, there's, it, it, there's, there's some – he'll have to do that no matter what. He's still Shohei Otani no matter True. what. But True. I think if he's a Yankee, then that's a different sort of thing. Even if he's a Met – that's a different sort of thing. Or, or perhaps you could say that about the Dodgers, too, than with the Cubs. There's still a little bit of a shelter being in the Midwest. So 
I think that they're a good fit for him, but I don't know that that he'll. I don't know what he'll entertain because he, you know he kind of thinks about things in a different way than how people think he might think. Well, since we're living in that space, and you know the Angels well, what do you think would be some assets that they would want in return? Not just from the Cubs, but so you don't have to get specific players, but in terms of maybe positions or you know, uh, is it middle relief? Is it starting pitching? Like, what, what do you think that they would want? in return for a guy like Otani? Well, I mean, I, I think what we're, what we're talking about is where he's going to end up in free agency. Now, if the Angels trade him at the deadline this year, it means they're out of it completely, right. which I, don't, I can't imagine that they will be with two months left in the season that far out of it uh, to, to entertain trading him. They shouldn't trade him. Uh, if, if anything, they should do everything to keep him, not only this season, but, but for the next 10 years. He, he shouldn't leave the Angels. He shouldn't leave that organization they should do everything they can to make sure he stays the the way that they're able to market him the the influx of of asian fans that follow him uh, it's when you when you walk around angel stadium you see a lot of of an asian community there mm. because they want to support shohei they they love watching him play and they now love the angels you know they get into the different things the angels do. The, the angels are wearing the Kabuto helmet when they hit a home run, so you mm-hmm. see little homemade Kabuto helmets <laughs> all throughout the crowd. They should not trade him, and they should not even. And they should do everything they can to to resign him. Now, if they were out of it and they were to trade him, just to answer your question, he's a he's a number three batter in the order, and he's your best starting pitcher. So whatever, you know, you look at the Max Scherzer, Trey Turner trade. It was a little different because you had an extra year of Turner. But maybe something along those lines would be uh, the type of, of prospects that the Angels would want back, even if it's just as a rental, because you're renting a, a number three hitter and you're renting a starting pitcher who's, who's elite. So they, I still would think, get a pretty big package back, uh, not as much as if they would have traded him last year, but I, I still think that they would make make pretty good with a, with a Shohei trade if they needed to do that. It is going to be a, a telenovela that most people are going to be watching closely uh, because everyone wants to see what's going to be happening with uh, Shohei Otani. We're talking to Wayne Randazzo here on 670 Score. Wayne, before I let you go, I mean, I, I was reading a tweet you, you put out or have pinned on your, your thing about, you know, leaving the Mets organization and heading over to the Angels. And, and you know... Man, being somewhere for that long, I mean, obviously it's a huge, huge moment in your life right there. T- talk to me about some of the some of the things you loved about being in New York and uh, being the radio guy for the Mets. What, what, what were some things that, that had you uh, speaking so passionately about the organization and the city? Yeah, you know, I think that the, the camaraderie, first of all, of, of just the, the group that I was with, I mean, the broadcasting group with the Mets is very, very tight. You know, they um, Howie Rose became a... a an enormous mentor to me as my radio partner, but really um, someone that I admire a lot, who's had a great career, um, very well respected in New York, really one of the, the deans of, of New York sports. And, and to be able to kind of uh, work under him and with him, you know, was, was huge for me. I think it was like the ultimate graduate level class, kind of just being alongside Howie and Gary Cohen, you know, who does TV with Keith and Ron, you know, they have this legendary group of, of, broadcasts and you know filling in on that for Gary was tough you know Mets fans have a, a certain structure now that a standard of of what the broadcast should sound like so you've got to bring that you know when Gary's not there you got to you got to keep it at that level and and I think that that challenge was good to have 
And uh, ultimately, you know, the Mets fans were very embracing of me. You know, I'm, I'm from Chicago and, and not from New York, and I didn't grow up a Mets fan. And uh, they could have told me to, to get right out of town and, and don't step foot here. Like, you don't belong here. But they never did. You know, they were very receptive and very embracing. And, um, you know, they were they were great. They were really good to me. Um, I have a lot of friends there, and, and I think the Mets fans' passion is, is, is unmatched throughout Major League Baseball. Um, not, to, not to say that some fan bases don't have as much passion as the Mets do, but uh, that's about as passionate of a fan base as you can find. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope they get to experience a, a World Series at some point because they, they deserve a championship that's eluded them now for, you know, almost 40 years. Yeah. Uh, well, they were fortunate to have you. The Angels are fortunate to have you, but, you know, you are our Chicago guy here. Uh, when, when people come to the city, this is the last question I got for you. When people come to the city, what's your go-to uh, restaurant rec for them? Well, you know, I'm Italian, so my, my guy Armando at, at La Scarola, that's probably uh, the number one Italian restaurant <laughs> for me in Chicago. Um, but there's a lot of good restaurants. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many that you that it's hard to it's hard to pick one, but uh, you can kind of fall into one and, and find one that's that's exceptional. I I do think you know New York has a lot. New York New York is has endless options, but I, I think pound for pound, I, I would say Chicago is the best restaurant city in the country. Yeah, and if you go to La Scarola and you're all scrunched up next to a bunch of people, it doesn't get better than that. It's like an experience, <laughs> an experience that you can have. Hey, Wayne, I appreciate you giving me some of your time, man, uh, and look forward to uh, having you home uh, for the next couple of days as you call these Angels games. All right, okay, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Of course, Wayne Randazzo, the voice of the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, they will be kicking off a series against the White Sox starting tomorrow. That's going to be a great one, man. Otani in the place. All the Cubs fans need to go find out where he's staying. Go, like, pick it in front of his thing. Like, we want you. Like, But Wayne said it, right? He said he doesn't want to be somewhere that's cold, and he doesn't want to be, you know, having to have the the, the stresses of being on TV a lot. So when you say the Cubs, you're like, well, bro, <laughs> holla at me in April and September baseball. That's going to be crazy. And if, if they make the playoffs, October, like exactly what he doesn't want. And then I, I do love the fact that Wayne said, but he's still Shohei Atani, so he's going to have to be on camera at some points. But I'm surprised the text message line didn't go crazy when he said that the Cubs would be a good fit. This is the play by play. Oh, my God. I didn't know Randazzo was an Angels announcer now. Yeah, he's uh, he, he just got there this year. So good stuff, man. We love Chicago guys that step out the city and represent for us wherever we go. And you you love it even more when he says that pound for pound, Chicago's restaurants are better than anything else. And if you've never been to Las Carola, uh, try to make yourself a try to make yourself a, a reservation. It's great stuff. The environment's awesome. All right, it is Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel uh, here on Hit and Run. And Speaks told me, because I asked him, actually, this is how, exactly how it went. Two weeks ago when I did this, sec, did this show with uh, Marshall Harris from CBS2, Sean Sears, who usually produces the show, I said, Sean, I'm asking you this question, but I'm not listening to the answer. I said, can I talk about anything other than baseball during this shift? And he was like, no. And I said, like I said, I wasn't listening to your answer, but I just wanted to say it. So then I brought it up to Speaks on Friday when we were working together. And I was like, Speaks, can I talk about something else on the show? He's like, oh, you're going to do a little. He said, when we talk about football, we call it. Uh, no, he said, when we talk about basketball, we call it pick and roll. He said, you know, the, 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 the hockey is dump and dash or whatever that one's called. 
And then uh, when they talk football, it's bump and run. So I think we're going to do a little pick and roll. Just a little one. This is a little small one. Because the madness that was yesterday, I'll tell you where I was at in the West Loop as the Celtics were hitting a putback shot to give them the Game 6 victory over the Miami Heat. And let's just say I wasn't, I wasn't at a bar. You got to hear this. All right. We'll talk about it on this side. A little pick and roll to break up a little hit. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over think what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Run. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel here on 670 The Score. Oh, my goodness. That was sick. We're back with more Hit and Run with host Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Filling in for Matt Spiegel today as he is going to be doing the pre and post for the Cubs game, then the fifth inning duties as well. Uh, So make sure you guys are listening to that right here on 670 The Score. And also do not forget, Marquee Sports Network, um, they're going to be premiering the latest episode of Cubs Flicks Tomorrow, Monday, May 29th, after Cubs postgame coverage featuring never-before-seen home movie uh, film from the late 1920s through the late 1950s, including footage of Cubs stars Ernie Banks, Hack Wilson, Gabby Hartnett, and more, and is narrated by none other than the Hall of Famer Pat Hughes himself. Again, the first episode uh, premiered on opening day, and now they get the next one uh, Monday, May 29th. Make sure you guys are checking that one as well, all right? Uh, again, it is Gabe filling in for Speaks. Uh, we're going to be going all the way to about 1235, uh, leading you right into Cubs baseball. And Speaks, let me know, you know, this is hit and run, but occasionally they do a bump and run, which is when they talk football, a little dashing or dump and dash mm-hmm. when they talk hockey, and a little pick and roll when they talk basketball. So, I mean, come on, how can we not talk about the game yesterday? You look on anything, it's the number one highlight. People are saying it's the greatest putback ever. I guess when you're thinking in the grand scheme of things, sure. And that's only if the Celtics end up winning game seven. But yesterday, they did it. 104-103. I was watching the game on my phone. First, I went to so first, so I went to Sueños yesterday. So if you're wondering what the festival is at Grant Park, 
It's like the Latin Lollapalooza. Smaller version, but the Latin Lollapalooza is over there. So I was there yesterday working for Red Bull. And so I leave, and I'm like, man, let's go to a bar, let's grab something. I was with my guy. So we go to Broken English here on Lake and Michigan. They got the game on. Celts are up 10. And I'm just like, whatever, this thing is done. So I'm eating my tacos, <laughs> drinking my horchata. And then my boy and I, we end up going to the West Loop, jump on the green line, get off on Morgan. My brother was at a place called Nights and Weekends over there. So I'm passing Federales, which is, you know, if you're Federal, let me just, I'll just give you the description. Federales is a, whew, don't go. I mean, I don't want to say don't go there. It's crazy. But like if you're young, that's the place to be. Like if you're 25 to 30, like that's it right there. So everyone was watching as I'm walking the nights and weekends, which is right around the corner. Everyone is like cheering. Like as I get off the train, all you hear is just loud cheers. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what festival is going on in the West Loop right now? Nope. It was just everybody at Federales watching the game. They got the TVs outside, the patios popping. And then I look at the score and I'm like, oh, my God. The Miami Heat cut this thing down. So then I walk in the nights and weekends because I didn't necessarily care too much. The outcome, I knew I was going to figure it out. And I just assumed the Celtics would win. So I get in the nights and weekends. It's, a, it's like a damn club, to be very honest with you. And I walk in and my brother's there with a couple of my other boys. and So we're probably like, I don't know, six or seven deep. And I go look at the bar where one of my friends is sitting at. And he has his phone out. And there's like 12 people, like people that aren't even in our group, huddled around this small little phone at the club. There's like a club. Music's playing loudly. Like people are trying to get drinks. And there's like 12 of us surrounding this thing. And it was when Jimmy Butler was shooting his three free throws after getting fouled. So they had that one-point lead. And then everyone is watching the last couple of seconds. And it just was an unbelievable moment when Derek White hit the putback to give the Celts the victory. And everyone, as we were watching it in real time, was like, that doesn't count. And I I, I was quiet. I didn't want to burst their bubble because I felt like in, in real time when you watched it, it looked clean. But what a job by the Boston Celtics. Because you can take you can take this game in particular and really put it like towards any sport. Baseball down 0-3. You know, maybe football down a couple of scores in the fourth quarter, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl type stuff. But it is un- literally unbelievable that the Boston Celtics have won three straight games. One, it's just difficult to do that in the NBA playoffs. Off of sheer statistics, you're going to have a, a bad game eventually. You're not going to shoot well from the three-point line. Something's going to be off. You're going to turn the ball over a ton. Just Something in the grand scheme of statistics is going to happen to where you cannot impose your will for three straight games. We saw the Miami Heat do it, where they kind of willed themselves to victories in the first couple of games. But what we've been seeing from Boston is just a team that everyone knows is better, but they finally play with that chip on their shoulder like most good teams do in the fourth quarter. This has been the fourth quarter for the Boston Celtics for the last three games. And what they've been doing is just incredible. Now, again, if they lose Monday, it's all for naught. Like, no one cares about Derek White's putback. And to be very clear, no one really cares anyway because they're both going to lose to the Denver Nuggets. Let's just be very clear. 
But I have been talking a lot lately about Jimmy Butler. Wasn't my favorite. You know, you talk to a lot of people and they talk about, you know, Hollywood Jimmy and how he changed over time. And I asked Stacey King on the uh, on the show on Thursday when I was with Mully and Haw. And I asked Stacey King, you know, would Jimmy Butler have been the same player had he stayed with the Chicago Bulls? Leo, can you find that clip? See, that's got to be in there. Stacey King uh, talking about would Jimmy Butler be the same person. I'm going to play that one for you guys. Because what Stacey King said was really, really good. And then we had the opportunity to talk to Mark Shanowski the next day on Friday, Spiegel and I. And he kind of mirrored the sentiment that, you know, Jimmy and who he was with the Bulls just didn't work. And he talked about, Mark Shanowski talked about Jimmy Butler, you know, everywhere he's been, including the Bulls, he's had some sort of riff internally, but that has not, and, and even with the Miami Heat, we saw earlier in the season, you know, when he was getting into it with Spolstra, and Udonis Haslam had to come in and, you know, fix things in that situation. But, you know, I think Jimmy Butler, and he said it himself, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he's like, I just want to be loved. Heartfelt. And I think what happens is if he's not getting that love that he wants in the present, he sort he sort of shakes things up wherever he goes. So it's it's a tight, tight line you gotta walk. Here, here's Stacey King talking about again, I asked him if, if Jimmy Butler would be the same person had he stayed in Chicago. Well, you, you know what? The, the thing about that is, and I got into the Twitter discussion about that uh, yesterday because, you know, fans fans only see the topical part of what goes on. They don't see what goes on behind the scenes, what goes on behind the curtains. Um, Jimmy was – Jimmy, when he was here, you know, he went from being, you know, playing eight minutes a game to being able to uh, get into the rotation due to the injuries that the Bulls had. You know, when he started playing – you know, there was discussion that Jimmy might not even, they might, you know, cut Jimmy, you know, after his first year. Um, because if you remember, they had they had brought in Bellinelli, they had Rip Hamilton, you had Luol Deng was still here, you had Derrick Rose. I mean, there was discussions. Tom Thibodeau had made that discussion of, like, you know, maybe they didn't need him, you know. And so, with all those injuries that year, you know, Jimmy parlayed that, that eight minutes a game to, you know, most improved player. Uh, then he, you know, then he kind of got, a little bit of the diva thing, you know, he kind of, his personality changed a little bit and that's going to happen for, for a young kid who's not used to stardom so quickly, you know, cause Jimmy had to earn and work his way up, which I love. He's a great story. Somebody should do a, a movie about him. I mean, we just, I just saw air for the first time last night. They should have a Jimmy Butler story. <laughs> so again, uh, no good stuff. Uh, game seven, which is going to be must see TVs happening tomorrow. Make sure you guys are checking that one out. All right. Uh, enough pick and roll. All right. Had to get that little bit in there. Uh, Chris Kamka is going to be joining the show after the break. Get to talk a little Cubs uh, with him. Try to spring. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. In a, a White Sox question as well. Uh, so make sure you are sticking around for that. All right, it's hit and run on a Sunday. Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel right here on 670 The Score. 
We're back with more Hit and Run with host Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Talk about creating a vibe right there. Leo Stoddaher, producer extraordinaire, holding us down today. It is Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel. No, he didn't take a vacation day. You'll be hearing him uh, right around 1245. That's when pregame starts. Speaks is on pre and post today and got the fifth inning covered as well for the Cubs as they try to avoid a sweep versus the Cincinnati Reds today. That'll be heard right here on 670 The Score. I'll make sure you guys stick around for that. Meantime, between time, it is hit and run. Uh, we just finished some pick and roll. Don't worry, I didn't stay there too long. All right. Uh, but now we do get to talk some Sox baseball. Uh, well, my guy uh, joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Associate producer, White Sox Baseball on NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, just a good all-around guy, Christopher Kamka. Chris, what's going on, man? What's going on? How you doing? You know, I, I you know, not, th- thanks for asking. You know, most people, that's just like a throwaway question. But, you know, I, I if I could make this show, the whole show about the White Sox, I would. But, you know, got to sprinkle in some some Cubs talk here and there. So I'm doing better now that I'm chatting with you about about this White Sox. Yeah, team. Well, yeah we'll, we'll cover both bases. Yeah. Um, it's been an interesting, interesting little stretch of time for the White Sox, but uh, there's no shortage of things to be excited about. Uh, Jimenez is back today in the lineup, um, but how about Michael Kopech? I mean, for me, that right now that's the best thing going for this team. Uh, last two starts, he's had at least seven innings, two or fewer hits, no runs, and nine or more strikeouts, and he's the first White Sox pitcher to do that in consecutive starts. And there's been how many pitchers in this franchise history? So it's pretty amazing <laughs> to see that. Yeah, yeah, it has. And I'll tell you this, uh, Christopher. It's like you know when you when you look at Kopech and his body of work since he's been with the White Sox organization. There's been such high expectations for him and what his output should be, and from the fan base as well. Where you know you see the stuff, you see what he has, you know, and, and the assumption is that he can be that you know top of the rotation type of guy. But he's going to be facing a, a tough lineup with the Angels on a, a Monday. Do you expect him to, you know, continue on this hot streak, or do you think he'll cool off a little bit with a with a more potent lineup outside of the AL Central? Well, consider this: he took a perfect game into the sixth that started against Kansas City. He was perfect into the, I believe, fifth against Cleveland. Um, but he can hold his own against good teams too. Now, remember last year. Um, he actually retired 27 consecutive batters, but it was over a two-start span against the Yankees. So I, I don't really, I don't feel that he'll be able to, he'll let down against a good team. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, that's the hope, right? You want a guy like that to stay hot at least, you know, over a month or two, you know, so that that way he can build confidence in himself. And also, you know how you know how it is, Chris, like, that kind of stuff bleeds into the to the other guys in the rotation. You heard Giolito talking about it uh, the other day when he was saying, you know, hey, everybody's been pitching well, and I just gave a stinker right here. But, you know, he's been pitching well, uh, well also. But, you know, Kopech can be that dude. When you see him, let's say next year, uh, do, you, do you have him penciled in, like, as a number two started right behind Cease? Or do you think he can overtake that, like, top spot there? Uh, you know what? I, I still need to see a little more. Um, you know, let, let's see how this one plays out. It, he has he has the potential. He has the stuff to do it. Um, will he will he be able to continue on in this stretch? We'll see. 
Um, but let me lay you with a few more numbers on Kopech's recent run. Okay, so he's the only pitcher in the American League history with 15 or more innings, no runs, four or fewer base runners, and 19 plus strikeouts over a two-game span. Wow. So I mean, is that um, right-handers over the last two starts over uh, right-handed batters over 20? His last three starts, batters are 0 for 35 with 17 strikeouts in the first four innings. I mean, he, he, I mean, so, yeah, he, he can do it. We've seen flashes of brilliance for Michael Kopech and the stuff's there. And the thing is, he's doing it overwhelmingly with four-seam fastball. And, you know, when you're that kind of dominant pitcher and you can – you can make it work with predominantly one pitch. Now, granted, over those last two starts, um, hitters are 0 for 12 with seven strikeouts against the slider, too. But, um, my goodness, uh, I can't wait to see what he does next because I think he can be up to the challenge against the Angels. We're talking to Chris Kamka from NBC Sports Chicago here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel on hit and run. You know, let's, let's stay in that Kopech space because it's a fun one. And I think that, you know, I think we're all happy that he's, you know, where, where he's at right now. You see Hunter Green just use his fastball against the Cubs the other day. I mean, having over 10 strikeouts. And, you know, Kopech can be that dude. What do you think is, what do you think is the key to consistency for Kopech when, in his pitching style? You I mean, mentioned, you know, obviously we know he's doing the four-seamer well. The slider's working. But is it, be- is it between the ears or is it just, you know, pitch selection? You know, I uh- – I don't know, but I think I would say the key is limiting the walks. I mean, to me, that's the biggest thing. And a lot of times, you know, the walks are a lot of times mechanics. And I think he's just in, he's found it. He's in the zone right now and he's getting it done because, you know, one walk over the last two starts combined is uh, tremendous. And I'll take that any day. Yeah, and I think that's something that we've been focusing on too, right? One walk in two games, whereas, you know, games previous, you know, he was walking a ton of guys. It's just so tough, right? Because you see a guy perform so well, Chris, and then, you know, you wonder how can a guy start the season with like an ERA, you know, above 10 and then work it down to a four. But, you know, you're happy about stuff like that because you're going to need it if the White Sox are going to make a push to win this division. And that's the situation that they're in right now, despite the fact that they're 10 games out. You know, a lot of people are still confident that they can – Take the AL Central. Are you one of those people, or as a Sox, you know, uh, fan and 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 guy who covers them, you know, you kind of have settled into the notion that you know they're just they're just not going to be who who we assume that they will be. Well, this division, I think they they definitely have a chance. And and the thing is, I because I've seen these other teams in the division, and you know, can they keep it up over the long haul? I don't think so. But with the White Sox. You know you see the offense on, on, in spurts. But it's that pitching. I mean, Cease can be just as easily as dominant as anybody. His last three starts, he's gone six or more innings in each. Um, you know, one or two runs at the most. He's he's looks like he's getting back in the form. Giolito, right before this bad start the other day, he had eight straight starts going six or more innings with an ERA I think it was two six six. So I mean, that's an incredible stretch for him. Lance Lynn, he's he could be dominant as well. I mean, he had a rough beginning to the last start, but he ended up with a quality start, and he's been a lot better since a rough start. Um, 
And then you end up with a guy like Clevenger in the back end who, if he's in the back end, he, he always seems to pitch just well enough to keep you in the game. <laughs> it's so true. He does. <laughs> it's so uh, true. Maybe, maybe not stuff that knocks you out, but <laughs> listen, you got to remember, this is, this is a fifth starter, and he's getting the job done in that role. I feel good about the White Sox going forward. They just because on paper the team is just way better than they've shown. I think anyone could see that. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at the even just the lineup today, Chris, right? And, and you you go six deep. Let's just say you know Anderson, Jimenez, Robert Jr., Vaughn, Grandal, and Jake Berger, and you're not even including you know Ben Attendee and Gavin Sheets in, in that space. Like, if I was playing a video game, I, I think I'd be all right through my first six batters. And I feel like that's where a lot of us feel as, as Sox fans that, you know, the names stand out to us. And, and we feel like they should be producing at a high level. Uh, who, who are some guys that, that, that you get excited about watching? Um, not, not on the pitching staff. I'm talking about position players. Uh, who, who are some guys that, that like, when you know they're coming up, you, you got to hold, hold the restroom break because you want to be there for it? Uh, to me, Jimenez has the best raw power on the team, so he's fun to watch. Um, Luis Robert can have stretches where he carries a ball club. I mean, you see what he's done this month. Um, Berger is just a blast. He, I think he has elite hard-hit skills. I mean, he hits the ball harder than anybody on average in this lineup. And, and just his story is so much fun. Oh, what he's been able to overcome and thrive at the major league level. So those three guys, uh, and then you'll have Tim Anderson, who you know hasn't quite found it yet, but hopefully that nice game on Friday gets him on track. He has 15 career four-hit games, eight of them against the Tigers. So the Tigers are often the elixir he needs to get himself rolling. <laughs> and, you know, and then, then you don't even end up talking about Mankata, who – we all seen what he can do. He just hasn't quite chalked it up in two straight seasons. It's kind of like on and off and on and off, but you see the talents there. He's got a beautiful swing. You know, he, he is a good eye at the plate. He gets stuff done. He's, he's nice at the defensive end. So, you know, it's the talent is there. Let's just give it a chance to all blend in and get it going. We're talking to Chris Campbell here on 670 to score. I feel like the White Sox are like my wife, you know? It's like when it's going good, it's friggin' great. When it's going bad, <laughs> it's going bad. it's going bad. There's no in between there. But the difference is well, my wife things are good more often than not. Um let's talk about Andrew Benatendi for a second. I mean, you know, obviously at the beginning of his career, he was, you know, hitting double digit homers and you know, a lot of people, you know, having conversations about the fact that he you know, has yet to hit one this season. But, you know, when you're looking at, you know, last year, he only had five, you know. And so are, are, should we be – should there be more pressure on a Ben Attendee to hit the long ball? Or are we content with, you know, batting 270-something, you know, uh, just scoring a lot of runs for this team? You know, it's it's a strange thing. You, you bring him in as a lefty bat. You need lefty a lefty presence in the lineup. You haven't had the power yet. But what he gives you, he'll grind at bats, he'll foul them off, he'll draw his fair share of walks. And I think you just got to say, all right, he's giving us that and accept it. And try not to say, okay, he's got the biggest contract in franchise history and let that, let that 
get in the way of what you what you want to get from him. Um, he's going to be a solid glove and left. He's going to be a net positive for your team, even if the power isn't there. Uh, he's going to have his fair share of doubles and the occasional triple. So, you know, you don't want to focus too much on the home runs, especially with the rest of the lineup should be giving you plenty of power. So you don't really have to obsess over it. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at right now, where I'm just appreciating what he can contribute to the offense. I don't necessarily need the long ball. You got other guys that are, you know, doing a great job at getting that, but you got you need guys on base. And so if Ben Attendee can just, you know, hey, 270, I'm good with it. You know, get on base, get get, get some runs, contribute to the White Sox, uh, putting some on the board, and I think they'll be they'll be all right there. Uh, you mentioned, you know, obviously bringing in the lefty bat. Um, the Sox were able to bring in a lefty or bring back a lefty arm uh, recently with Garrett Crochet. I've been having a lot of talks with, with my friends, Chris, about about Garrett and, and where is the best position for him? Like, where is he best suited for? And I I I can't help but but hope for him, for him to be a starting pitcher. Do you think that he'll just remain in the bullpen, maybe become a uh, you know that eighth inning guy or or lefty specialist, or do you think that you know he has the chops to cut it as a, as a guy getting the ball every five days? Well, I think it's the kind of talent he has that it's you know. How can you resist thinking what would it be like as a starter? You know, the White Sox haven't had a lefty starter in over a year. And so, it's, you know, especially with the history of the White Sox with Burley and Danks, and you go back to, like, Wilburwood and way back to Billy Pierce, they've had a history of fantastic lefties. Chris Sale, more recently. And the fact that they haven't had a lefty starter in over a year is a little alarming. But I think with Crochet's case right now, you have to just give him time. He's coming off a significant injury. And, you know, the recovery process and getting back into what you are, you've got to give it some time. So I think right now, let's let's give him some time to get it going, find himself in the bullpen, because he could be a weapon, um, especially if you want to give him a little more than one inning, because there's an awful lot of guys in this bullpen that give you just one inning. And you you're going to have days where you get a short start. So a weapon out of the bullpen that can give you a couple of innings, maybe two, maybe a little more. Um, I'm happy with that for now. But you just have to give it time and hopefully eventually get that chance. But it's not going to happen for a while. Yeah, it'll be great to see. I didn't know the Sox didn't have a lefty starter in a year. Jeez, that sounds crazy. So, yeah, hopefully he can get the opportunity. All right, Chris, before I let you go, uh, Cubs wrapping the, or excuse me, White Sox wrapping the four game set versus the Tigers today. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Um, you know, the money's on seats, and as good as Eduardo Rodriguez has been, Sox have their relative success against lefties. So I like our chances. I love it. Hopefully they can split, get themselves back on track. Chris, great stuff as always, man. Uh, love talking to you. Can't wait to do it again soon. Excellent, Gabe. Thanks for having me. Of course, Chris Kamka. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. C. Kamka, K-A-M-K-A. Great follow. Again, he's associate producer of White Sox Baseball and NBC Sports. Uh, Big baseball reference stat head. Just, you know, I didn't get a chance to ask him about uh, his Allen and Ginter pull where he had a New York slice versus a Chicago deep dish slice. I know he would have loved to talk about that. Maybe I'll tweet him offline. All right, right, we're going to continue some uh, White Sox baseball talk. Ozzie Guillen had some harsh words for... One of the Chicago White Sox starters. Who is it and what did Ozzy have to say? We'll discuss it after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel right here. Hit and run on 670 The Score. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.